Are you passionate about producing creative content that engages the target audience? Can you develop a theme across multiple and varied pieces? Named one of the best Christian workplaces in Canada, Focus on the Family Canada is looking for a graphic designer to join our dynamic team in Langley, BC. If you or someone you know feels called to serve families while growing in their skills, explore current job opportunities today at focusonthefamily.ca slash employment. That's focusonthefamily.ca slash employment. Jesus said, this is how the world is going to know that you belong to me. It's how you love each other. I just love that verse from the Bible. That's John 13, 35. I love that God says, how you love each other is what shows to the world that you belong to me. It's not necessarily how much you love God, how much you read your Bible. I mean, that's all part of it, absolutely. But what shows the world that we belong to Jesus? Yeah. How we love each other. That's Becky Kapitsky, and she's with us today on Focus on the Family. We're so glad you joined us. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, I love hearing stories about how God uses people to bless others. Um, I try to look for that opportunity. I don't think I do it as often as I should. Mm. A blessing can be simple and sweet, um, like paying for the person behind you in the drive-thru. I have done that I've a couple of times. I've been with you when you've done it. It's pretty fun. <laughs> that is fun. People's faces like, what? <laughs> or it can be a, you know, a life-changing event, like adopting a child out of foster care. I mean, that is a big commitment, and people do it, and God bless them for doing it. Uh, Here at Focus on the Family, we want to help your relationship with the Lord be vibrant and thriving uh, to provide you with the tools you need to get the most out of your Christian life. I mean, that's a good goal. And uh, it's wonderful to receive blessings, but when you bless others, you are aligning with what Jesus identified as the greatest commandment in the New Testament book of Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39. It says this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Then it goes on to say, this is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. The first one, I feel like we all can do pretty quickly. Yeah, Lord, I love you. Second one, I don't love my neighbor that much, right? Not that neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. So today we want to remind you that uh, true blessings and joy come from considering others more important than yourself and offer some really practical suggestions on how you can show love to your neighbor. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, Becky Kapitsky is with us again. Uh, She's a mom to Clara and Noel and coaches Christian writers, speakers, podcasters, and other creators. She's an author, and her latest book is titled Love Because, How to Change the World One Blessing at a Time. Thank Becky, so welcome much. back. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's so fun to be here. Yeah, what a great topic, though. You picked a great topic to write on. And it's one that's very close to my heart. The Why idea is that? Of, Why did this kind of capture you? Well, I'll tell you, it started with a conversation I had with a dear friend of mine. Her name is Erin, and she lost her husband and her daughter tragically to a shooting that happened in our community, mm. and it was there was nationwide media buzz around it, but... Mm. What people don't see is the aftermath of that, how people continue to live on. And so several months after the incident, I was at Erin's house helping her to clean out some closets, and we were having a conversation about her husband, John. And she was telling me how the last year of their marriage, they didn't know it was going to be the last year of their marriage, but they had been very intentional about blessing one another, about finding ways to show love in action Mm. to each other. And in doing so, 
Their relationship grew because they were thinking less of self and more of the other. And she used this term. She said it was like we couldn't wait to out-bless each other. And that just struck me. In my seat, I sat there. We were eating lunch. And I looked at her and I said, out-bless. That is an amazing concept. And from there, God would not let it go. I, I kept formulating this thought, what would the world look like? What would my family look like? If I intentionally went out of myself to bless them, even when I didn't feel like it, even when I thought maybe they don't deserve it, (laughs) but what would it look like? And then if they were to reciprocate, what would that do to change a family? And beyond that, what could that do to change a community? And so that's where the idea for this book was born. And I was so blessed to get to spend months examining through scripture and through stories from other people, the real power that we hold in sharing God's love with other people through simple blessings, which are just love in action, looking yeah. outside of yourself. Let me ask you, your mentor, Cindy, uh, yes. has set a great example for you. Uh, how did she try to be a blessing to her son-in-law? I think that's a story right out of the yes. book. Yes. Oh, I, I love Cindy. She has taught me well for many, many years. And her children are now married, and she has grandchildren. And and she's been able to speak into my life in so many beautiful ways. And just one of her many nuggets of wisdom was to be a blessing. And that is is the, um, I call call it a mantra or motto that she uses in her relationship with her son-in-law and now her daughters-in-law, to be a blessing, which means support them, support her, and specifically her son-in-law, support his role as head of his new household, and to not be the reason that there is discord in their marriage. Wow, and, that's and, good. <laughs> that's good, right? Yeah. And, and what's so funny is I'm thinking, how many mothers-in-law actually have that sort of focus in mind? But I believe that is why Cindy has made it so intentional, because mm. it doesn't come naturally. Right. It doesn't come naturally to want to be a blessing to the other people in your life, to not want to choose not to step in perhaps when you want to. Yeah in order to enable someone else's relationship to solidify. So I really appreciate that about it. Well, that's one of those great examples where the world will joke about the in-law, right? How many mother-in-law jokes (laughs) exist, right? And so you almost step into that relationship with a predisposition toward antagonism. Yes. Rather than, okay, I'm going to make this positive. Yes. And And that's that's so critical. Why can't it be that way? I already pray in advance for my daughter's someday husband's for the parents who are raising those someday husbands. And I already pray, Lord, let me be a blessing in those relationships. Now, we don't know. But, you know, My oldest daughter now is 14. I don't, not yet, but someday. <laughs> my oldest son's right? 21, and it's not yet. <laughs> what are you talking yet. about? I don't know when the day comes, yeah. but they're going to bring somebody home who's going to end up being a part of our family permanently. Yeah. And I want to be a blessing to that person. And that was tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> Trent, go find a nice wife. <laughs> All right. But not yet. <laughs> yeah, right. No, now's good. Start courting. You know, uh, I said in the open, blessings can be small and seemingly insignificant. I would think that accumulation is really important. Oh. But you describe a time when your your husband's travel mug, and I love this one, because I did this this morning with Jean. You did? She, you know, we try to pre-set the coffee. So when we get up, we just hit a button. It's always nice when that happens. And Jean did that last night. And so I was able to get up, and she had my cup sitting there. But her cup wasn't there because her cup was in the clean dishwasher. So I, okay, I'm going to get her cup out since she got my cup out and set her up for her little coffee treat after she gets up. I got up first. 
But uh, that's kind of what you're talking about. It's what did you do for your thing. husband? Well, I'll tell you what. I walked into the house. It was I, I had just done school drop-off. I worked from home. I had a ton of deadlines at my desk. Normally, my plan is to just blaze through the kitchen, go to my office, and get some work done. But I turned and I looked at the sink, and Chad's favorite travel mug was sitting there. Normally, I would think it's his thing. I don't even drink the coffee in the household, so I'll let him wash it, let him take care of all of the various coffee mugs that he collects that in his car dirty in the house. Coffee. I know, right? <laughs> and But then I thought, wait a second. I'm standing right here at the sink. I am looking at this mug. What would it hurt to wash it for him? But more importantly, what would it say if I did wash it for him? It's it's not an idea of, well, I guess it wouldn't hurt if I did this for him, but what could, what effect would it have if I did? Yes. And it was simply a coffee mug. Yes. A and I decided to take three minutes out of my day it's not a grand gesture. It was three minutes standing at the sink. I scrubbed that mug because that was I knew wash. he wanted yeah. to use it. Three minutes, a lot longer than I spend. <laughs> you should have seen the coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's a great example. Right, because what does that say? Yeah. It's it's not a coffee mug at that moment. It is saying this is someone who God gave to me. I love dearly, and if all it takes to show him to remind him that I was thinking about him, I was thinking about what matters to him, is to wash a little mug. Then why wouldn't I do it? Yeah, Becky, I'll answer that question. <laughs> Because here's the thing, um, and it, I think it comes down to temperament, and I'm not going to stereotype whether this is a, a wife thing or a husband thing, because I know in today's modern culture, hopefully we're all chipping in and doing different things absolutely, and getting that done. But I think a highly rules-oriented person can talk themselves out of that, because you know what? I'm kind of training them. <laughs> It might be the husband, it might be the kids, but you know, I'm training them to t pick up after their messes. Yeah. So for me to wash his cup, I would be enabling his bad behavior. Mm. I'm just saying. That's I, a no, really logical it. reason. It's a very logical it's reason. It's a very I informed question, logic. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, and this is what we battle in our minds, right? Well, yeah. I, I need to teach them that they need to pick up after themselves. Or uh, My daughter was at Bible camp, and in my mind, she needs to figure out how to clean her own room. I'm not gonna touch that room. But what would it say to her if she came back from camp and I had put the brand new sheets on her bed, I had made things tidy? What does that say to her? Yeah, I yeah, love you. Exactly. And isn't an I love you just as or perhaps more important than a moment of training in how we live according to our rules and regulations? Love trumps everything. Yeah. And I think, I think you would agree that it's all about the balance of doing that. You, yes. You know, you can also be... Um, a person that derives a lot of uh, self-benefit from doing those acts. Uh, right. Because it, it's making you feel good that I'm good. Uh, uh, right. right. It's making you feel good that I'm so good. <laughs> That's the martyr. That's the martyr mom who says, well, I just cleaned the entire house for you people. Aren't I a good person? <laughs> Take yeah. a good person. And you are a good person. Me? That's wonderful. But if, yes. you, if you're in that spot, you probably aren't getting credit for that. Uh, no, but I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what happens when we do these small acts of of kindness, of love, these small gestures, they actually help us stop thinking about the things that annoy us. I could look at my husband's shoes sitting in the hallway, although more often I will tell you it's my shoes sitting in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> but let's just use this as an example. And you know, and I don't want to trip over those shoes. And I can run all sorts of thoughts in my head that say, oh, he left his shoes out again. And why isn't he thinking about me? And why is he being so annoying? Instead, how about if I took those shoes and I put them away for him? And then I no longer have anything to complain about, and I've just done him mm. a blessing. Yeah. How countercultural is that, though? 
Yeah, I was just going to insert guys that have the shoes down. Think of your laundry. <laughs> Why we leave it four feet from the you know the laundry bin. I am I, I'm terrible. You at got that. a friend that does that. I'm right? either yeah, a right. very a, bad a very basketball player, or you know I just leave it there and assume somebody's going to pick it up and put it in there. Well, my husband is more likely the person to do our laundry, so I appreciate hmm. that about him. Yeah. In which oh, case, stab me in the heart. I. But what do I do? I complain that he shrunk something. Come on, really? Because he was being kind. He was going out of his way to think about okay. us. So how we receive another person's blessing is also a big part mm. of giving love generously. That That's is good. really good stuff from <laughs> Becky Kapitsky on today's episode of Focus on the Family. And her book is called Love Because, How to Change the World One Blessing at a Time. And uh, we really do encourage you to get this book and to follow these simple steps to really be a blessing for God to others. We've got copies of that here at focusonthefamily.ca or call 1-800-THE-LETTER-A-AND-THE-WORD-FAMILY. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Are you an elder or deacon in your church? Are you concerned that your pastor may be reaching a place of burnout? Focus on the Family Canada has designed a retreat for pastoral couples. Help them stay fresh and renew their excitement about their ministry in your church. Help them pause from the busyness of life so they can take time to receive from God and deepen their connection to Him. If you want to bless your pastoral couple with rest, renewal, and reconnection with God, visit carithretreats.ca. That's carithretreats.ca. Focus on the Family Canada's Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Program is a proven program designed to save couples from the brink of divorce. For over 15 years, Hope Restored Marriage Intensives have helped more than 4,500 couples, and over 80% of those surveyed are still together two years after attending. If you or someone you know is facing a crisis in their marriage, please call Focus on the Family Canada today at 1-833-999-HOPE or visit hoperestoredcanada.ca to find out more. Did you know that when you buy resources from Focus on the Family Canada, your purchase helps strengthen marriages, equip parents, defend biblical principles, and more? Plus, we carefully select every item, which means you will only encounter quality, biblically sound resources that are safe for the whole family. Help give back to Canadian families by shopping at Focus on the Family Canada. Find biblically-based resources for your family at shop.focusonthefamily.ca. That's shop.focusonthefamily.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Becky, you lay out um, the blessing toolbox. I like the imagery of that. Yeah. I'm just wondering what's in the box. Yeah, in the box. <laughs> so well, what are some principles? I guess those would be principles we need to yeah. keep in mind as we set out to bless those around us. Sure. What's in the toolbox? Well, if you think about it, if you're going to build something, you need tools, right? So we're trying to build these relationships. So I don't. Find by- <laughs> I can't, I can't build hires anything. people with tools. <laughs> I can't build anything. So. Well, what do they have that is yeah, in the toolbox? Yeah, okay. Right? I look at their toolbox, but wow, I wish I knew how to use that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, back to the hammer and the saw. Right. So I identify eight core principles that we need to have in our toolbox in order to really bless people well. And the first one, the top one, is to remain in that vine. You've got to remain close to God because we can't pour out what hasn't first been poured into us. So when we remain close to the Lord, we've got his love in our hearts and we and we are remembering what he wants from us, it's so much more natural for that to pour right. out. 
And then start with your Jerusalem. There is a, a story in the book of Acts where Jesus is, has just given the Great Commission to his disciples and he's telling them now, go out and be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Start with your Jerusalem and that's your home. Uh. It's your home. The whole idea of wanting to go out and, and bless all the world and, and work for Jesus and, and touch strangers' lives is beautiful. But if you're doing that at the expense of your central family, that's not how God designed it. Let me, before you move through the other tools, let me ask you right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've experienced this, to be fair. Jean's got a tremendous heart to help yeah. people. I can remember a couple of years ago, I mean, she just had a lot of friends that were having surgery or something was going wrong. And yeah. I think one week, I mean, she provided five meals for others and that meant cooking starting about three yeah. and then driving it over and getting home about 6.30 or 7 because, you know, she caught the mom on the porch and they started talking. And I'm going, well, I guess it's hot dog, boys. <laughs> yes, exactly, Let's, it's hot uh, dogs. <laughs> of course, Where the boys are going, dinner? hot dogs again, <laughs> dad. And uh, not that I can't cook dinner. I don't want to give that impression. And But Jean normally cooks dinner. I do breakfast on the weekend. Yeah. But but speak to that that conflict. Again, it's back to balance. It is. But you can have a lot of things go down with your friends all at once, and then it's you're true. pulled on. And it, so your family's true. not first. It's true. And, there and, is and I think husbands, too, I think. I'm sorry. It's not that I've lived this, <laughs> this or anything. This is a personal session no, for But I think, with, I think with husbands, too, we've got we to put our own selfishness down a bit, mm -hmm. right, and realize that our wife is blessing somebody, and yes. we need to support her in that. Yeah. I, and I think it goes both ways. Husbands, wives, we've got to have open communication about the needs that are happening on any particular day, any particular week. And, and Chad and I call this checking in with each other. So in the morning or the night before, what do you have going tomorrow? Four you know, meals. Yeah. <laughs> Hot dogs. That's what I got going. And, and so we just need to make sure we're, first of all, communicating. Well, my friend has this need, and so I really want to be able to meet with her. Can, can we work with that? Sometimes it means I may not be home until such hour. Right. Are you okay with that? So just open communication, I think, can help. Mm -hmm. But then just, just keeping your priorities straight and identifying when... All of the serving elsewhere, it's not necessarily even friends in need, but maybe the ministry that you're doing at church, the volunteer work that we're doing for local community agencies. At what point is the family sacrificing you and all of your doing good things for other people, which means at that point, is it time to scale it back and recognize it's time to focus on that family first? Because I like that word, by the way. The, nice phrase. Focus on the family first. <laughs> But that's Slip good. That in there. So moving through that, Jerusalem, take care of your family. Yes. Make sure you're blessing them as well. What's Absolutely. next? Absolutely. Um, well, first of all, uh, no blessing is too small. Right. Right. So again, we you don't need to go on some tropical vacation. You don't need diamond earrings. It's the little things that really add up. And that's what defines a relationship long term. And then be a cheerleader. It, Words are so important. Words are so important. So encouragement goes a long way. How we're using our words, how we're using our tone of voice. And then play the right tapes. I, I mentioned earlier, if I'm going to sit and stew over my loved one's ha annoying habits, those annoying habits are going to be a lot more prevalent in my life. But instead, can I stop and think about all the things that I love about that person, all the things that he or she does well? So how, what are we allowing to stew in our minds? And then forgive quickly. Just forgive quickly. That is such an important principle for Christians in general. Um, and because forgiveness leads to compassion. My pastor says, keep short accounts. That's how he says it. Keep short accounts. And then um, show the real you. You know, I... <laughs> 
I, I almost posted something on Instagram recently that was just um, my family <laughs> in, a, in a difficult moment. But because why? We don't need to see people's flashy, fancy, perfect lives. A, a true ministry is filled with honesty in which people can relate to how you are also struggling with something. There was one Christmas when I was looking at everybody else's beautiful family photos in front of the Christmas tree and everybody was smiling. And so I posted my post-Christmas gift opening shrapnel living room. <laughs> and said, and I said, yes, this is, this is my life on Christmas. Can anybody relate? And so many people came in and said, yes, that's my house too. So just being real and genuine, I think really helps to bless people to help them feel like they are not alone. And then finally, in this one, I will stand on because I did it the wrong way for a long time, is to take care of yourself first. Yeah. I don't mean first as in you are more important, but self-care is what enables us to pour into other people. Uh, you lay out the four Ps of blessing. What are those? I mean, we're into the practical nature of what you're talking yeah. about here. So I think of these as four categories of ways that we can bless people. Bless with your presence. Be available to people, even if you're not physically present. Phone calls. Uh, you know, Zoom calls, sending a gift that's blessing with your presence, blessing with your possessions. It doesn't necessarily mean writing a check. I mean this kindly, but sometimes writing a check is the easy way out. Are you willing to give of yourself, to give of your your time and your goods to really serve another person? Um, and does it's as simple as my friend Alicia gave a cup of coffee to a homeless man, had a wonderful conversation with him, and discovered he was listening to worship music. And she felt so cut to the quick from that. You no, know, she, she thought she was serving him, but in the end, he served her with a wonderful uh -huh. lesson. So our presence, our possessions, our perspective. Are we looking at other people the way God looks at them? Or are we judging based on appearances? Yeah, that is so hard. It is very hard. Yeah. And so you can bless people simply by having the right perspective of them as being someone that God created and someone God loves. And then prayer is such a huge way to bless people. Even when you feel like there's nothing else you can do, prayer should always be first anyway. It is the one blessing that directly invokes the action of God. Mm, that's good. Yeah. In that possession category, you had a situation where you were blessed, and that sometimes is a little yes. uncomfortable, but it was a big thing, right? It Your is. <laughs> girls were not happy, perhaps, with their little piano. Yes. This was back when my <laughs> girls, were they were um, just starting to take piano lessons, and they were becoming skilled enough. They needed a really good instrument, and they were still working on my 20-year-old weighted keyboard that I had gotten for a college graduation gift. It was not ideal for them to learn acoustic piano. And so... I was talking about it backstage. I'm on the worship team at my church, and the bass player happened to overhear me. And he sent an email later in the week and said, I, I heard you're looking for a piano. I happen to have mine. My kids are grown, they're gone from the house. <laughs> I have it right here in my pocket. I've got it right here in my pocket. <laughs> but he said, we're moving, and we don't have a need for the piano. Would you like to have wow. it? Wow. Hmm. And it was such a tremendous blessing, and now my girls have been playing on that piano for years. And uh, it it spoke to a direct need of mine and was given in such a selfless way. And he was so humble about it. Other people had offered to sell us their pianos and that would have been wonderful too. But he just said, you know what? I recognize a need here. I don't need it. God blessed me with it. He yeah. blessed us with this excellent new house and we don't have space for the piano. I want you to have the yeah. piano. What, yeah, one, of, one of the P's you're mentioning is uh, perspective. And it's funny, how can I bless another person with my perspective? <laughs> I tend to overbless people with my perspective. You're very enthusiastic <laughs> and optimistic. It's a good thing. So uh, straighten me out here. What do you mean by blessing with your perspective? Well, primarily what I mean there is 
seeing people as someone that God created has as much value and um, is worthy of as much respect as you are, as the people in your circles are. And if that person looks different, if that person speaks different, if that person has differing opinions, that person is still worthy of respect and dignity. Hmm. Because like you had said earlier, we're all created in the image of God. And it's funny because my senior pastor was one who really pointed this out to me and told me a story of how he went to the grocery store. And he's a, he's a really straight-talking Italian guy. <laughs> I love our pastor. And he was in a hurry. And there was a gal in front of him in the checkout line just taking her time, being chatty with everybody. And she was being very friendly. And he's, he's thinking, come on now. We, we got places to go. And, and as he said, she was all tatted up. And she's got earrings everywhere and not in her ears. And so he formed a judgment. And she turned around and she saw him and he said there was a look on her face and she said, Pastor, how fun to see you. I just loved your sermon on Sunday. And he said he was absolutely crushed and realized this is what we're talking about. We've got to see people the way God sees them, not the way we want to see them with our fast judgments. Because otherwise, as he said, we're out of play. We can't be witnesses in this world if we're judging people on appearances. Assumptions are deadly. Social media is full of assumption. Mm -hmm. And it's (laughs) just, it's a killer to the human spirit. It is. And to community, for sure. It is. Let me ask you too, Becky, we kind of touched on this, but that person that perhaps has a small circle of friends, or maybe not many at all, and you know they feel like uh, i don't have that i don't have the blessing of blessing others yeah. it reminds me of a conversation i had with a christian leader one time and it was funny because we were talking about the fruit of the spirit you know love joy peace goodness all of that and patience and he actually said well i just you know i just don't have patience and i said <laughs> i remember just thinking and i said this out loud i can't believe i did this and i said well, I don't think it's like a menu you order from. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> I mean, if you're a Christian and yes. you're in him, then these things should be present in you. And if it's not there, that is something to work on. Not to say, yes. oh, you know what? God didn't give me that. He yeah. didn't give me mashed potatoes. <laughs> right. I just I don't feel like eating the broccoli today. Right. So I, it's so true. And patience is one of the fruit that I like to say doesn't grow too hot on my tree, but I know it's still there. And we have access to it because believers have fruit of the Spirit. I think the same thing of kindness. Kindness is fruit of the Spirit. So Christians have access to it in ways the rest of the world doesn't. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between being nice and being kind. Mm -hmm. Kind comes straight from God. And that's so well said. And I think that is the purpose of even having you here today, Becky. At first, I was thinking, this is kind of light. We all know how to bless people. But this has been so informative. And so good and challenging, yes. honestly. We it's... actually really stink at blessing people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say it that way. <laughs> oh, is it just me? <laughs> but it's true. It's true. We're not as, well, we can only speak for ourselves. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't think I'm as intentional as I should be at mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we're always going to get busy. And there's a hundred reasons why you miss blessing somebody. Yeah. But like that comment about thinking the best of your spouse um, why not think the best of, Lord, let me see where I can bless another person yes. and wake up with that prayer on your lips, right, for yes. the day. That would yes. be awesome. Well, you've done a wonderful job. Oh, 
expressing this, Becky, and (laughs) it's so wonderful to see you again. Uh, Your book, Love Because, How to Change the World One Blessing at a Time. Mm -hmm. You can get that directly from us here at Focus Canada, and the great part about it is that the proceeds go right back into ministry. They don't uh, pay uh, shareholders, right? Um, And it strengthens marriages and families and saves babies' lives and brings the hope of Jesus to people who need him. So get in touch with us and ask about how to get a copy today. Get in touch, uh, make a donation as you can, and request Becky's book. And you can do that by going to focusonthefamily.ca or call 1-800-THE-LETTER-A-AND-THE-WORD-FAMILY. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ. Thank you.